Well, good morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and dismiss all the children for our OSC children. Come on. And uh, Eli and uh, Judah, y'all going to give autographs after the service? Okay. I just didn't know. What's that? What's that? My glasses. Yeah, baby, I probably need them. Thank you. Well, I just want to know how the ladies, I heard y'all had a party on Friday night. I heard my wife did a great job. I'm so proud of her. And I heard they had a great turnout of women. I know that uh, it's just been a great season for the men in our church with the herd and the women with the grow. And just, uh, we're just excited for what God has. And before I start, I just want to say Merry Christmas because it's all about Christ. And, uh, you know, this morning, what I want to do is uh, I want to talk to you. How many of you just absolutely love Christmas? Come on, just love Christmas. You know, uh, you know how many of you get excited when the Christmas lights come out and, you know, and, and you start seeing the decorations? My wife and my kids do. I really don't because that means work for me. And, uh, but uh, how many of you love shows? You know, it's just that time of the year you watch uh, Christmas shows like Charlie Brown, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 20, uh, Elf, 24 Hours with Ralphie on TBS. You know, I, I, I just, I'll just say this. I love Christmas food. And I love that. that i just tell you what. If you go to, here's a commercial. At Java Jolts, they have an eggnog coffee. It's good. That's all I got to say. And you can bring your own red cup. But, you know, when it, when it comes to Christmas, there's nothing like Christmas music. How many are talking about? I mean, you know, one of the things is there are two types of people that listen to Christian music. I mean, Chris, uh, Christmas music. The first group, I believe, is they listen to Christmas music from Thanksgiving till the day of Christmas. Then there are those of you that listen to Christmas music as soon as the Christmas decorations go up at Walmart in July. Okay. I want to have some fun with you before I get into the message this morning. And I just want to, I just want to have a good, I just want you to kind of help me. And what we're going to do is we're going to play, name that Christmas tune this morning. So, guys, are y'all ready? And I, what I want to do is I'm going to name you what the, what the number is in the charts of the music that it is, who sang it, and what the name of it is. Okay, so who can name this tune? Go ahead, guys. Anybody name the tune? Come on. Here okay, that's right. Here go. All right. Bethany, you did great. That's actually 1959. It's with Elvis. It was number 84 in Christmas. Okay, name this tune. Who said that? Lindsay, listen. Outside is frightful, but the fire is so okay. delightful. That's 1966, Dean Martin at number 71, Let It Snow. Say, man, I mean, some of you, you're bothered because we're playing songs. I can see it right now. Okay. Here's the next one. See if you can name this tune. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, who sang it? With the kids Come on, anybody know who sang it? Who? Telling you be 
No. Yes, you were right, Andy Williams. Come on. Come on. Give it up for the generation of mine. Anyway, just, it's number Andy Williams, number 62. Y'all having fun with this? Okay. All right. Go ahead. Next one. See if you can name this one. Who said it? Bethany said it? Okay. Who is it? That's right. Everybody knows. That's it. Bing Crosby, 1942. It's number five. Okay. This next one, I want you to go ahead and play it. You ready? Last Christmas, the group is called the group group is called Wham. It is number one. No. So y'all give it up for everybody who put that together. That was actually part of last year's Christmas. So we just you know how you got to pull out the old songs and you know Pastor Josh and Zach just don't fit in the seventies. Anyway. But uh, this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you. How many of you had a little fun with that? All right. It's all right to have fun in church. For some of you, that need, that's a revelation to you this morning. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a song that, that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, this morning, it's called Silent Night. It was actually written in 1818. And, uh, and what happened is it's, it's a cool, it's a, it was composed by a guy named Franz Gruber. And, but the lyrics were written by a priest named Father Joseph Moore. And what happened, little did they know that, that when they composed the song in Austria, that we'd be still singing it in 2013. Isn't that amazing? And see, the Christmas, the, the, the Christmas story is not just about a silent night. It's about an interruption for over 400 years where there was silent nights. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The Christmas story is found in the Bible, and the Bible is separated by the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I, I always say this, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, where the New Testament is just the Old Testament revealed. And see, what happens here is when the Old Testament comes to an end, it ends with the book of Malachi. And most, most people talk about tithe and offering through the book of Malachi. That's probably the only message you ever heard. Okay, but it's true. I mean, I'm just going to tell you like it is. All right. But what happens is but most people don't know that in between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew represents 400 years of silence. You see, when Malachi ends, God goes silent. There's no there's no word. There's no voice. There's no prophecy. There's just not a word. It's silent. When, you know, and it's, where did he go? You know, that's where did he go? What? what what was he doing for 400 years? Why the silent nights? It's an important question because I believe this. I have had my own season and seasons of silent nights. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Where you just, you know, God, where are you? 
God, what's going on? I don't understand. Why are my children being this way? God, why aren't I hearing you? Why am I not getting direction? God, I've been praying for a new job. I've been praying for different circumstances. God, I need you. How many of you just felt like God was silent? Anybody like that? You know, has God ever seemed silent to you? Have you ever asked God, where are you? I remember one time I was in the back of a truck in the woods past the Ritter, uh, between Dry Creek and the Ritter where no one lives, only deer. And I was so frustrated because I was looking for direction from God. And I remember getting on the back of my pickup truck and I just go, God, where are you? I probably scared every deer for 10 miles. Rabbits were like, oh, you know, I mean, just. And I remember I was just at a moment in my life where God just seemed silent. And I was just, I was needing, I felt like, God, I just need you. Have, have you, has it ever seemed like God took 400 years to answer your prayers? You ever feel that way? Has it ever felt like God was silent and slow? Come on, am, am I in the right crowd this morning? Have you ever felt like God answers other people's prayers? But he's silent in yours? Okay, I'm, I'm on a roll here, I can tell. Has God's silence ever caused you to wonder if there really is a God? I believe. See, if your answer is yes, and to, and to any one of these questions, there's a reason God has you here today. And I believe that reason. Today, we're going to look at the answer of two questions. The first is, what is God doing in the silence? What's God doing in the silence? The second is, what do we do in the silence? What do we do? Never confuse God's silence with God's absence. I just want to say that. Don't ever confuse God's silence with his absence. See, you know, here's why. These are, in, in, in these seasons when God is so silent, we tend to, we want it to control our life when he's silent. Well, I'll just... I'll just do what I got to do. I'll just make a plan. See, are we walking? But I found many people that walk away from God during these times. When they feel like God is silent. Well, God, where are you? What's going on? They don't see a lot of activity. And they're going, God, what do I do? If, you, if, if we can trust God, even when he seems silent in those moments, I believe this. He becomes, I, I just believe this. And, and, and those are the moments. He becomes most real. Even in that. Now let's look back in time and let's look at the beginning of Malachi. In Malachi 1-2, and it says, I have always loved you, says the Lord. And he gives an example of Esau, and he gives an a, a example of Jacob. And he says, I've always loved you. In other words, God said, I chose you. The Bible says, and John said, for you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you that you would go and bear fruit and your fruit would remain. In other words, God's saying, you know what? Out of the crowd, you, I chose you. You're on my team. No matter what you've been through, it doesn't matter what side of the bayou you were from. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter if your parents wore shoes or no shoes. It doesn't matter. Listen to me. It don't matter if your grandpa did something or your mama did something or you whatever. God says, I love you and I chose you. And see, I just go back and God's saying, I'm about to go silent. And don't forget that I love you and I always will love you. 
You know, the one who knows us best, think about it, think about it. You know what amazes me? The one who knows us best chose to love us. And he chose us. And I can remember my brother and I, my brother Todd and I, my little brother, and we were going out fishing and with my daddy out in uh, Big Lake. And my brother's a guide out there and everything. And we were just out there and we watched a guy take 22 minutes to reel in a big old redfish. And, you know, and we just watched him wear out. We were just having a good time. We are going, maybe we want to catch a fish like that. And, and it, I don't know why, but my dad just, he, he had a mission on this, this trip that he was with us. And he kind of pulled on a little island just so, so we could just stop there. And he said, boys, I want you to look at me. And he looked and he stopped and he said, he said my real name's Howard. And so I'll just say, he said, Howard, Todd, I just want to let you know something. My dad goes, and he started telling us how much he loved us and how important we were to him. My dad wasn't even a Christian. And I remember tears flowing down his eyes. His face is not his eyes. His face. And he began to tell us how important we were to him and how much he cared for us. And the choices we made really mattered in his life. And not only in our lives, but in his life. That he believed in us. And he wanted us to do well. And I never forget that. You know, that, that time when he, he just said that. And it makes me go back to where God said, listen, I'm fixing to go be silent for 400 years. But I'll, before I do, can I just let you know something? I love you. And I'm with you. And I've chosen you. Are any, is anybody here this morning? God loves you. You see, I've been around people, literally, that have never had anybody ever tell them, hey, I love you. Or it was, I love you if you give me. That was, it was love that was conditional. God came with unconditional love that he laid down his life for you and me. We know the story of Jesus. That's the story of Christmas that, that was born. What came to earth was hope. What came to earth was freedom. What came to earth was something that was going to change you and I radically. And see, what was God doing in those 400 years? I don't, there's not a Bible verse that says what he was doing in 400 years. But I do have recorded human history to let you know what God was doing during that time. Are you all ready to take a trip with me? Okay, we're going to take the history channel, the travel channel. And we're going to go somewhere this morning. And we're going to land the plane. Because I believe God wants to speak to you. I want to share with you three events that happened in the 400 years. Okay? In the 400 years of silence, there was a world power shift from Babylon to Persia. In other words, from Iran, I mean, from Iraq to Iran. Okay? Babylon was where modern-day Iraq is. Persia is modern-day Iran. And what happens, there was a power shift. And what happened during that time... A man named Alexander the Great came, and he, began, he became the world's greatest military general and, 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 and strategist and leader. And he just kicked tail and didn't even take names. And what he did is he conquered the entire Persian Empire, and by the age of 33, by the age of 33 and he died. But before he died, when he conquered, before he died, he wanted all the empire to speak one common language. One common language so that everyone could understand his decrees or his laws or his sayings. They had a, and so what happened is they had a common language and it was Greek. It was a form of Greek. 
Not only that, the reason is it was so important. If you ever heard the name Jesus, listen to me. You can go back and you can trace it to this decision of Alexander the Great to have one language. Aren't you glad that we had a language that everybody could understand that we could hear the name of Jesus? Not only that, do you think God was behind that? I believe he was. After Alexander the Great died, the Roman Empire rises and establishes peace. And guess what it does? They improve the road system. So this would happen. There was a common language. Here's 400 years of three things that happened. A common language, Roman peace, and improved roads. So what do you think? What was God setting up? So what do you think God was doing in the silence? Have you ever been, have you ever been to a play? You know, where they have a play and they have, they have the acts and everything, you know, act one, act two, act three. In other words, it, it, after act one, they, draw, they, 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 they dome the lights and the curtain comes down and everybody gets up and they go get popcorn. I've gone to my, my little girl's dance recitals and stuff and you go, you know, I've been at the Rice Theater where they do it with hers and you, they have the popcorn. And so you're doing all of that. So what are they doing while you're getting up? Behind the scenes. What they're doing is, what do you think's happening? While you're getting popped, they're rearranging from act one to act two. In other words, this is exactly what God was doing in 400 years of silence. He was preparing for what was going to happen. Are y'all with me? God was rearranging the world stage to be perfectly positioned to share the greatest message on the planet. So let's look at one of the most fundamental verses of the Christmas story. And this is how the silence is broken. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This is what it says. Look! I mean, that's a good word to start. Look! Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him, what? Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. Let me ask you something. How many of you ever felt alone? Let me give you a good promise Jesus gave. Lo, I'm with you always. That's for all us sharp people. Okay? Another when Matthew is written, the world now speaks a common language. The New Testament was not written in English. It was written in Greek. And it was because of Alexander the Great. God was wanting to bring the message of his son to you and I. And the message, you see, in, in, in the book of Acts is all about the message. Jesus begins, spe- uh, you know, spreading rapidly. Why? Because of improved roads. They're, they're speaking the gospel. Even Paul, he has, a, he has an experience on a road called Damascus Road. Where Jesus literally shows up himself. And he goes, and, go, and Paul, you know, he sees this bright light and what? Dang, man. And listen, he got kicked off his mule in the, in the King James is something else, but we'll go there later. But and what happens is he's there and he falls off and he goes, he goes, who he goes, who are you? He said, I'm the one you're persecuting. And he goes, I'm Jesus. And the thing I love about that, that moment in, in the book of Acts. He's on his knees. And he has a revelation. Most people don't get the revelation of Jesus right away. 
Most people have to go through the tribulation of life to get the revelation. Listen, you can either get a revelation or you can go through the tribulation. Most of us don't get the revelation right away because most of us just aren't that smart. Amen? And I'm speaking to my, I'm amen to myself. But sometimes we got to go through the tribulation to find the revelation of who he is. And you know, I believe this is that what happened at that moment and you look at the roads and disciples and everywhere they went, they were able to travel that part of the world like never before because what God had been setting up in those moments of silence makes me wonder, what has God been setting up in my life and your life in those moments of silence, those moments of difficulty, those moments like, God, where are you? Are you even real? Can I just... Can I just confess to you? There's moments, and I've been a Christian for 34 years, and sometimes, let me tell you, the greatest thing that Christians mostly have, we have amnesia. Because we forget so many times what God has done for us in the past. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And because of that, sometimes we for, because we forget, because we get our wall, uh, we get our wall, we get our back against the wall, and we need God. It's like a rescue 911. God! That's the best prayer you can pray sometimes. Help. Because it's really saying, I can't figure it out. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And I'm not smart enough, but I need your help. You see, Galatians says it like that. But when the right time came. Sammy, say the right time. When the right time came. You know what? I can look back in my life. There's a lot of right times that came in my, in my life, but it came at the right time. You know, I met my wife after we both went through Bible college and we were both on the road. And I remember when I met her and I, I heard her pray and I saw, and I saw, it was other things. I've confessed to the church. Let me go back there. And I remember she came at the right time. Because, see, when I first became, a, before I was a Christian, I was dating girls. And, you know, how many guys, how many of you like to have all the money you spend on girls that didn't mean, don't mean anything to you anymore? Come on. How many of you like that? Anybody? And, and the you that, most of them are single still. There you go. There's a, and the rest of you are smart enough not to raise your hand. But my wife came at the right time in my life to fulfill what God wanted for her life and my life the right time you ever have that well i wasn't planning on that baby to come god goes oh it's the right time well i didn't know that was it was the right time you know someone might have came in your life and began to tell you about the story of jesus at the right time it came the right time and here it is jesus comes it's not a mistake when he came but when the right time came God sent who? Come on, who? Is the scripture up there or or is this a moment of silence? His son. Who's his son? Born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy what? Come on, say it with me. Freedom. Listen, if you're bound, you're hung up with some things, you got some junk in the trunk, and we all have have things that we got to deal with. Let me just say that right now. Up front and up clear. And if you think you're perfect, let me tell you, let's do a test. How many of you have ever lied? How many of you have never lied? If you raise your hand, you're a liar. Anyway. Okay? Every one of us, the Bible says we've all fallen short. 
That means, oh, I'm sharp. No, that doesn't mean that. It means this. It means, you know what? I have not been able to achieve what God wants to do in my heart on my own strength. It's the same way where God says, when he looks at Adam and Eve, he says, son, I'm going to send you a helpmate. In other words, you ain't smart enough. You need some help, buddy. I'm going to send you a wife. It's God's kind way of saying, you need help. And that's where he said, even when he said, when I leave this place, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the teacher, the guide, the one that will show you how to do it. I took some guys out. I, I do guiding sometimes. And, and I had some guys out there a couple weeks ago. And he brought them his sons. And, and then I had these specs coming in. There was like eight of them. I'm just living the moment right now. And they're coming in. And they, their feet are kind of coming down. And that means they're co- getting committed. And I'm getting excited. My blood's, it's like that natural rush. Come on. I don't need to tote nothing. I don't need to take nothing for this one. Do y'all know the definition of a, ba- a vegetarian? Bad hunter. Anyway, just. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so, so, man, they're coming. They're on the deck. And I'm tell- I told them, I said, don't you do anything till I tell you. And what happened is the dad, he's so excited. He's going, shoot him. And I'm like, no. And it's too late. Bam, 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 bam. And they got one. I had to go chase him and get him. I'm like, I'm just like, then I get back in the thing and I go, guys. And I, you know, after, you know, how many you know sometimes when you go get something, you let some steam out. And you're just going, there's a few things I wanted to say, but I knew I couldn't say. Because number one, I'm a Christian and I'm a pastor and it wouldn't be good. And I come back and say, hey, guys, let me just tell you something. Sometimes there's a wrong time and there's the right time to shoot. The right time to shoot is when I give you the word. Because you know what? We barely got one and we could have had like six or seven because you didn't do it in the right time. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's the right time. It's like a professor, a, a, a rich man went to a professor in a university and he said, hey, can you, he says, listen, man, I want you to get my son through university, no problem. I'll give you endowments. I'll give you money. Don't worry about it. Just, just help me out and help my son and I'll pay you. Just get him through quickly. And the wise, the wise president of that university goes, let me ask you a question. Do you want your son to be like a cabbage? Or that mighty oak over there? He goes, well, well, I guess the the oak. He goes, why did you ask me that? He goes, well, you have two choices. If you give me time and space and the right timing and the things that need to happen in his life, he'll grow up to be like that mighty oak. But if I get him through here quickly, he'll be like a cabbage head. The choice is yours. You see... And he says this, he says, he came to set, to buy freedom for us who were what? Come on, help me out, help me out. Who what? Come on, put it back on the screen. It got silent again. All right, let me go back. Don't leave the scripture up there, okay? He says, we need the right timing, okay? Here we go. To buy freedom for us who were what? Slaves. Slaves. Say it with me, Slaves. It means you have no right. You have no, you have no opinion. Nothing. 
Slavery was one of the worst things that ever happened to our country, and we're still living in, in, in the wounds and the pain of that and suffering the consequences. But what happens is, he said, for us, he says, we were slaves to the law. We were slaves to religious. We were sla- slaves to this, this, this set of rules, these do's and don'ts. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes, and we're not bound by that do's and the don'ts. We're bound. We're, we became love slaves because we experience his love. We know that he's with us. And out of return, we want to love him back for what he's done in our lives. There's a difference between someone that's made to do something and a love slave. A love slave says, hey. I'll do it no matter what. What is God doing when you think he's silent? He's working behind the scenes of your life. He says this, so he could adopt us as his very own children. Now, see, when we think of adoption, sometimes we think of little babies. But what the scripture is talking about is a full-grown person. That would be like... uh, What's the guy named uh, Zuckerberg or whatever, the Facebook guy? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, whatever. Mark Zuckerberg, okay? He's like 29, 28, somewhere in there. He's a billionaire. He doesn't have an heir. Let's say he con- he, he, something happened to him and he got something, and I'm not saying he's going to get anything. I don't have it. Okay, so don't take this. And get, my pastor prophesied to Mark Merrill. No. <laughs> Let's say if he came down with something that would just be detrimental to his, him and his health, and all of a sudden, and right now he has no children, so he has no heir. What the Bible's saying is like someone, and what do we do? Maybe he'd go to look so, someone that graduated from Harvard and find a guy that's 22 years old, and he goes, "Listen, I want to make you the CEO of the company. I'm fixing to leave, and I need to adopt you." And it's full knowledge of what's fixing to happen. And he says, "Look, when I adopt you, this is what I want to do. I want to make you CEO. I'm going to give you." A billion dollars a year for salary? You're going to have a summer home in Rio de Janeiro? You're going to have a winter home in, in Vail, Colorado? You're going to have your yacht and it's going to be your own. But I'm going to adopt you. How many think that wouldn't be a bad idea? How many of you would volunteer? It's full well knowing what you're doing. And Christ has adopted us. That we have full rights of a son and a daughter to the kingdom of God. We have full rights. He came. He was preparing a place for you and I. In his moment of silence, he was preparing. You know what? God was rearranging the stage and working ahead of the scene to accomplish his will and his purpose in our lives and the people's lives that we love. That's what he was doing. He was setting the stage. Are y'all with me? What do you, you know, I, I just believe this. God is rearranging this. So he's setting the stage. God has a track record. And I just say this. His track record, he can be trusted. He can be trusted. What do you do in silence? Here it is. Write this down. When you hear God's silence and feel his absence, trust his presence. Let me say it again. When you, hear God's, when you hear God's silence and feel his absence, trust his presence. How do you trust his presence, Pastor Bubba? I love this church. I always ask good questions. What would, what, what would you do if you were confident that God was with you? Figure that out and start doing that. 
God is with you. Yeah, you have your children where they come to you and say, Daddy, I, I don't want to go unless you're with me. I remember my dad when I was, I don't know, I guess I was eight. My first experience to go getting a deer blind. And I had a bow and arrow. Because we were, and that's why I don't, I don't do it anymore. I just, just, I'll just say. And, and so I'm, I'm up in this, and my dad goes, and he, we're, he's going, we're going deer hunting. I'm like, all right. And, and I was good with a bow and arrow. I had won some medals and all that stuff as a kid and all that and competitions. And, and so I was like, all right, I'm all pumped up. My dad, we're out in the middle of the woods and like just out in the middle of the woods and it's dark. And it's not even a full moon. So you know how dark it gets when there's no full moon? And I'd never gone before. And he goes, he comes and we get in the middle of the woods and he goes, and he had my brother with him. He goes, he goes, okay, Howard, I'm going to leave you right here. And he points his light and I'm supposed to climb that ladder and sit on that platform by myself. I remember he was like, I'm like, in my mind, I go, Daddy, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I was like, I remember I had tears in my I, I didn't want to. Okay. So I, I mean, I climb up that ladder, and I'm sitting on that deer platform with my browning just, just bow. It wasn't no compound bow. It was a 38-pound bow. And I'm supposed to wait where my dad said, and the deer may get like, like if he gets over this way, then you can shoot him. I'm like, <laughs> shoot him? I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm sitting there. And I, let me ask him, if you're eight and it's dark and your daddy leaves with your brother because he's going to hunt with your daddy. I'm like, can I take his place? Can you leave Todd here? <laughs> and I have to sit in this place and listen, every noise was magnified. You hear, you know, you're like, and uh, you know, you just hear things in the woods when it's still. And when the sun started coming up, I was just, I was scared. And I remember I was cold. And when my dad came pick me up, I was the happiest child on the face of this earth. But the difference is when you, me and my brother Todd, he didn't have any of those fears because his daddy was with him. Can I tell you something? There's times where my daddy was with me and had confidence. My dad's not with me anymore. But can I tell you this? It gave me a picture of the heart of God when he told me, I love you. When he took me to Big Lake and just shared with me how much he loved me. You see, I just know this. Sometimes when we have our lives, we get... We can just get our back against the wall. Things can, can seem confusing. Seem, things can seem stressful. I mean, anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you dealt with stress this year? Anybody? How about a little confusion? How about some silence? How many of you like, I just, you feel like that, you, you know, you feel like that little buzzer. Which way do I need to go? Which way do I need to go? On a cartoon, you know? And we just feel that way. Where do I go? See, when you hear God's silence and you feel his absence, you've got to trust his presence. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? The presence of God. Can I just tell you, we've all felt it. We've all hurt. We've all felt his presence. Sometimes I've walked into a place 
And when I came to my office this morning, before I came to share this message with you, I got in my office and I felt God's presence. And I just go, all right, guys, it's time to be still. And he didn't have to say anything to me. I just felt his presence. And I felt, God, you're with me. Sometimes people go to church for a show. Hello. But I believe this. If you show up, God shows up. And when God shows up, there's nothing you can't do that God said you can. I believe that. Here's the, sometimes it's easier to see his presence in the past than it is in the present sometimes. And what you're walking through. How many of you know that the enemy loves to destroy What's important to the heart of God? How many of you believe that? And the Bible says that the enemies come to rob, kill, and destroy. You know, I was talking to one of the guys in the church. He's talking about his daughter. He has a horse, and she had, like, all her saddles and stuff in the back of her of the trailer. And she went to a, a cell in Karen Crow. And he's just like, he came back, and all of her stuff was gone. She was robbed. You know what? You know how you feel when you've been robbed? You feel violated. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just feel, you feel violated. Like, what the heck? And see, let me just say something. When the enemy comes to rob you, you almost need to feel like, wait a minute. What the heck do you think you're doing? How many of you ever had children go through stuff? And, they've ro- and you see how the enemy's trying to rob them of a destiny, rob them of a future, rob them of everything God has for them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and you're going, wait a minute, or you have a husband or a wife and they're just not doing, and you're, you're going, why are they making those decisions? And it's because they've allowed the enemy to rob them. And he says, and, he, and then he goes, you know, so to, to destroy, destroy a future, destroy a hope, and eventually kill. I believe this, you and I, you and your relationship with him is what's important. Here's a Christmas story. Can I just sum it up? Can I get your permission? Can we have a church vote this morning? You usually don't do that, but anyway, just thank you. Appreciate that. Someone gave me. Here's the Christmas story. They call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's a Christmas story. God is with us. Come on, someone ought to get excited. God's with us. I mean, no matter what you're going through, God's with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. God is with you. Wherever you left God before, all you got to do is say, God, here I am. Forgive me. And he's right where he was when you, wherever you left him. He's right there. You can trust God because he's moved heaven and earth to bring the message of grace to you and me. He's been preparing the stage. He's been preparing the next act. Not only that, he, you can trust God because he is with you. And I started thinking about it. The common language, learn to recognize. Here it is. We got to learn to recognize God's voice. How do you do that? You spend time with him. How do you know your mama's voice? Listen, when I was out playing, I, my mama and my dad had a certain whistle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
and they would whistle. And if I didn't come with the whistle, anybody know what I'm talking about? You'd be in the crowd. If I didn't come with the whistle, listen, it was like this. My mama, if I disobeyed my mama or my dad, it was like, Lily, it would be like their hand if I didn't obey quickly. That's my dad. I'd get spanked if I didn't obey quickly. It would be like his hand would go out the screen door, travel down the corner, find me, look at me, the hand, and I have two friends that I'm talking to, slap them and pull me home. How many of parents like that? They were probably good parents. You recognize his voice. My mama could just go, call my name. I knew her voice. It's the same way with God. When you spend time with him, there's a common language. You know his voice. And when you learn his voice, it's not the voice of religion. It's not the voice of denomination. It's, not the, it's the voice of the living, mighty, all change, all, I mean, all loving, all caring, all forgiving God that we serve. Amen. And, the Roman, and I think about the peace that the Romans brought. That represents, the, the, he wins over my heart. And he becomes my peace. My peacemaker. How many of you have had family situations? And you know what? When you have family situations, you need peace in the family. You know, you know how it is. Everybody got a lunatic in their family for Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? At least one. They say something stupid. They do something stupid. They act stupid. Come on. Anybody, I got one. Don't, how many of you got at least one like that in your family? Come on, if you don't, maybe you are it. But anyway, just. <laughs> He's the peace in my storm. He's the peace. He's my peace. He's my rest. He's my comforter. No matter what. And the improved roads. That God was doing, I believe that's God gives direction. How I many need direction? Direction. Purpose. I'm done. But I'll just say this God loves you, and He is with you. Look at your neighbor and say it to him. Say, he's with you. Look at the neighbor you didn't want to talk to. Say, he's with you too. He's with you. Listen, this time of year, they try to keep Jesus out of everything. You go to some of the big cities in America right now, they have signs that the atheists have paid for them. And they, and they have signs that says, you don't need the Christ part of Xmas. Billboard, they, they're just flaunting it. But I, you know what I mean? People, we get mad and stuff. Can I just tell you something? When darkness gets worse, the light gets brighter. It's kind of like an old politician I heard one time say, just put some heat on them. They'll see the light. And for every one of us, you know, we live in dark days in our country. But you know what? Don't get, don't get down. Don't get bummed out. This is the greatest time that we can advertise Jesus. 
because the season's all about a baby. It ain't about a fat man and a deer got a red nose. If a deer with a red nose walks through the woods, he's dead. It's not about that. It's about a baby that grew up to be a man that worked, that was an example. He was God in the flesh that he came to the earth, and he said, I'm with you. And even when he said he's going to leave, he looked at his disciples, he goes, you know, guys, you think I'm gone, but I'm with you. I'm going to leave the comforter. He's going to help you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to give you direction what you need. And listen, Christmas is all about the direction of God in our lives. See, you either have a direction toward him, you're making a path toward him, or you're making a path away from him. And the only thing that I would desire to do, if God seems silent, make the path back to him. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? That one day we will stand before the living God. We will match the face behind the voice that we always heard. Even when we thought, even when we thought it was silent. We'll match that face. And he'll look at us. And for some of us, it'll be the voice. He goes, that's it. That's the voice. That's you. That's you, Jesus. And we're going to know it. Because we followed it. And we loved it. And we enjoyed it. Then there are the others that avoided it. He said, in other words, you know what, what they said is they left no room for God. In their lives, in their decisions, in their choices. And when we see him one day, that's it. So, Pastor Bubba, what what are you really trying to say? What I'm really trying to say, God may seem silent right now, but he's here right now. He loves you, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you face right now. For some people, the holidays are difficult. We're helping people right now. I had one of the girls that texted me this week. She's supposed to talk to me after service, and don't forget. And about a family, about a young boy that lost his mom and different things. And have, we've had people that in our church that we're trying to help celebrate Christmas. Jamie was telling me about a, a family. We have a couple of families in Eunice that were telling me about and just, just some sad things during this time. And you just go, wow. If we can just be any representation of Jesus during this time, because it's not about Santa bringing the gifts. It's about people that represent Jesus during this time. Listen, when I give people things around this time of the year or any time, because, listen, it wasn't us. Just remember that when you had a need, Jesus showed up. God knew your need, and he used a person or used a group of people just to help you, to show you his love, and he, that he cares for you. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the perfect gift. What is it? And so right now, we're going to have the band come. and They're going to come. Can you all just stand to your feet with me this morning? You know, the intention we have is that we want to, we always want to show God that he's, he's awesome. It's fun to serve God. There's always a serious part of God. But there's, there's a freedom that Galatians talks about that I read. That he's come to bring freedom. Maybe you're here this morning and you just, you're going, freedom, man. I, Pastor Bible, there's just a lot of things in my life I, I don't feel free about. 
You don't have to leave here this morning bound by things. But it's an opportunity for you and I to allow God to have his way in our hearts and to bring the freedom that we need. And as they sing this morning, I just, I'm going to pray, but as they sing and you just need freedom in your heart, you go, you know, Pastor Bubba, I've had some silent nights. I need to hear, I want to know how to hear the voice of God. I want to know God. It's your opportunity. You can come here around these altars and there'll be someone that'll come behind you and pray with you encourage you. Maybe you have a physical thing you're walking through. Maybe it's a difficult road or you just don't know Jesus and go, you know, I want to know him. I want to learn to have an ear to hear the voice of God. I want to be led by his voice. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. And you're welcome to come. And we would love to pray with you. We would love to just encourage you, to help you, to start this journey with such a great good loving Father. Let me just pray. Father, I pray the peace. I pray, may the Lord bless you, protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord show show his favor and give you his peace. I pray that over every heart, every mind, every person. Lord, you said you know respect of persons. Lord, I thank you that this morning we can leave. This morning we may have walked in poor in God, but we can leave rich in you, forgiven, set free, knowing your love and your heart for us. We love you. Let's bless your people.